0: hand, is the business of a sustainable environment in an urban, suburban setting. There are communities, cities, regions, counties, all over the world that are trying to strike a balance between development, population growth, and preserving natural resources. It's not always an easy balance to achieve, but there are There are organizations, uh, not unlike today's group that we're profiling, that are working with the local jurisdictions to achieve that balance by coming up with forward-thinking public policies built around science so that they can have policy and ordinances that might guard against overzealous development that sometimes is a party to clear-cutting, uh, a little bit too much clear-cutting and reduction of the tree canopy, or the natural phenomena that exist. Or I, sh- I say natural. It's actually unnatural. It is just occurring everywhere uh, of habitat for wildlife being diminished by development. And the group that we're going to work uh, or, or profile today, rather, is the Sandy Springs Environmental Project, a group of enterprising residents in the town of Sandy Springs, which many of the regular listeners know is the urban suburban city that is on the edge of Atlanta. So we're part of the metro Atlanta region, which many people think has an abundance of, of trees. You fly into Atlanta compared to most uh, urban environments and it looks like it's just filled with trees. But those of us that live here see vast swatches being clear cut and we want to have a measure of control over that so that the Sandy Springs Environmental Project is working to achieve that balance between development, population growth and protecting natural resources. And I'm very pleased to have with us today, Bill Cleveland and Jay Boylan of the uh, SSEP. Gentlemen, thanks for coming to the program today.
1: Thank you. Great to be here.
0: Um, Bill, um, you're the president organization and and sort of the de facto executive director uh, of sorts. So give us a little bit of, of background uh, on the formation of the Sandy Springs Environmental Project. When was it started, and what led you as the pivotal influence to form uh, such a group?
1: Well, the actual event that, that led to the, to the founding of the SSEP were the rains of 2009. If you lived in Sandy Springs in 2009 and, and experienced the, the amount of rainfall that we had in, in such a short period of time, you'll remember it. Uh, That rainfall led to some public hearings about how prepared the city was uh, for such an event, and it also led to the formation of an an ad hoc uh, community uh, coalition. It was named the Sandy Springs Stormwater Coalition. and It was basically some neighborhoods and some specific groups that were concerned about what was happening. Um, Eventually... uh, the coalition did have an impact. Uh, the completed uh, Johnsons Ferry um, uh, rain garden was uh, was a uh, direct uh, result of the lobbying of the coalition. But more importantly, the <coughs> the, the, the <coughs> lobbying, the conversation between the city and and the neighborhoods and the civic groups left a lot to be desired. Um, there were no uh, facts that both sides agreed to, uh, and that and that was the that was really the catalyst for the formation of the SSCP. Uh A lot of the people in the in the in the uh, Stormwater Coalition said, "We you know we just can't we need we just can't continue to just go to to public hearings. We need an organization, and and out of that uh, concern about." Uh, not only impacting um, the environmental policies of the city, but being able to communicate with the city uh, led us to emphasize science.
0: Now, uh, were you a member of a group called Sandy Springs Revitalization uh, concurrently with with that period where you were involved uh, in environmental matters so that it kind of was... uh, a natural segue to uh, for you to help form a group like this.
1: Yeah, uh, I, I was uh, part of the old SSRI through um, uh, I think 2007, and um, um, I I was involved in uh, green space planning, and that was kind of a natural segue into. Uh, uh, the more detailed environmental planning.
0: Now, for listeners not familiar with SSRI, the Sandy Springs Revitalization, Inc. organization with a, was another nonprofit. Prior to the city of, of Sandy Springs uh, being formed, SSRI played the role of urban planners for Sandy Springs and was doing it in the context of revitalizing the community, actually looking at urban design and streetscapes and Um, the various uh, urban design districts uh, working with the county. Once the city was formed, those functions were turned over to the city, and it was to the tune of about $34 million. So there was considerable uh, budgets uh, attached to the projects. Um, Unfortunately, the city hasn't uh, placed as much emphasis on uh, the natural resources Part of the urban design, uh, and that's the gap that SS uh, EP seems to be playing.
1: Yeah, uh, that that's that's a good synopsis. Uh, um, SSRI just to go back for a second uh, formed the conservancy, and and that was that was it. it uh, and I was I was chair of the green space committee there, and, and was involved in the in the formation of the conservancy, but the conservancy can is really oriented toward parks and connectivity between parks and it's not really related to environmental protection and there's some overlap but but i think that's a distinction between Something that Conservancy does and something SSEP does, and,
0: and to give them a credit, I mean green space is a critical aspect uh, of environmental sustainability. Their their emphasis mostly passive parks as opposed to mm-hmm. active parks, um, and uh, but not exclusively uh, because some of their their projects include a active element to the park, um, but it's definitely skewed toward. Green space, and as you say, a little bit less toward uh, overall natural resources preservation.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, So so I wanted to ask Jay, Jay, how do you think, um, how would you characterize the mission? We've been hinting at at the mission of SSEP. How would you characterize the mission of the Sandy Springs Environmental Project?
2: The mission of the SSCP is really a top-down approach that's very, very simple. Um, You look at it from the God providing water. Uh, The water goes into the tree canopy. Uh, The water feeds the uh, stream below uh, the Chattahoochee, which is our uh, natural water. That provides the water to our residents in the city of Atlanta. And that subsequently provides the nutrients that are necessary in a water supply that feeds our uh, w- wildlife. So it's very, very simple in that regard. We provide the science and support, and that is very, very simple, our mission for SSVAP.
0: You know, <clears throat> not a lot of people uh, realize, including residents, if you were to ask them, um, what the body of water was that we bordered, they might all be able to say, Oh, the Chattahoochee is adjacent to Sandy Springs. But if you were to ask them about how long that is, I venture to say most people don't know it's twenty miles. There's twenty miles of Chattahoochee River that are that form the the western northwestern border of Sandy Springs. And off of that come a number of streams and creeks and it feeds a really vast network bill i recall one time you talking about how you saw for the first time and maybe you're looking on a gis map uh, or, or or something uh, where you saw that that network was extensive and this is true for most of metro atlanta but particularly for the communities that border of the river that have the tributaries it is a very, very complex and extensive network of waterways.
1: It is phenomenal. The city um, uh, produced a, a stream network map. And until you've seen it, you don't realize how honeycombed Sandy Spring is with, with uh, streams. It's not just Marsh Creek or, or Long Island Creek or Ball Creek. It's all the tributaries. Uh, they're all over the place. Uh, now, one of the side effects of this, uh, bordering the the of the stream network and the Chattahoochee, is that we have some phenomenal bird populations. I, I didn't realize until my wife made me aware of a, a site called ebird.org. Bald eagles reside in... Significant numbers on Overlook Park, uh, and th- that's due to the the uh, the, the, the uh, Chattahoochee providing the the water and the and the food for for the for the for the eagles. I,
0: I think I saw a report uh, that cited 129 species of birds. Is that right? Uh, I think the was it uh, via the Audubon Society uh, locally here uh, citing. That's a lot of species of birds. And uh, also, the, the orientation of your organization uh, that oversees trees, tree canopy, uh, watershed, and wildlife, is that part of what, what you would say makes, and then the science part, combined with the public policy part. Um, Is that what makes uh, SSEP maybe a little bit different from a lot of environmental groups?
2: Absolutely. Uh, The the whole emphasis really going back to the mission that we're designed is we're utilizing a lot of top experts from UGA, Berry College, and um, Emory at this time to really incorporate the science to provide the factual base information, to provide statistical as well as science base to improve upon the public policy as well as ordinance improvements for the city of Sandy Springs,
0: um, Bill. There's there's uh, an orientation at the city. I mean, they. Uh, you know, it's not that the city is totally. Um, uh, devoid of interest or focus, uh, on the natural environment. It's just that it's not quite as much a priority as, uh, some of us would like it, like there to be. Um, there is a GIS, uh, geographic information services, uh, team, if you will, at the city and, and, uh, GIS plays, a, a critical role in some of the science that you're, uh, incorporating into The advocacy uh, efforts. So tell us a little bit about that.
1: Yeah. Anytime you're talking about the environment, you're really talking about geography and the the conditions that you find at any point in time. And you can't uh, get a a handle on geographic conditions just by personal observation. You have to have science. And um, GIS basically takes um, uh, satellite imagery, breaks it down a- into uh, data and then allows you to run computer programs to assess conditions um, and that can be either a tree canopy it can be factors relating to water quality or flooding uh, so it's, it's an indispensable tool
0: yeah, I, I, sometimes you really can't see the uh, the forest for the trees. Uh, <laughs> taking a walk uh, through the forest uh, isn't enough to see the big picture. We're going to take a break right now. We're here with Jay Boylan and Bill Cleveland of the Sandy Springs Environmental Project. We'll be back in a couple of minutes to talk more about SSEP.
3: Affordable health insurance was the promise of Obamacare. But for many, the government mandate caused more problems than it solved.
0: Did you miss a show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on americaswebradio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on americaswebradio.com anytime you like.
4: You're listening to America's Web Radio on the americasbroadcastnetwork.com. Thank you for listening.
0: Welcome back to the Business Hour. We're here with Bill Cleveland and Joel... I want to say Jay, instead of Joy, sorry, Jay Boylan of the Sandy Springs Environmental Project. And we've been talking about sustainable environmental matters. We've been talking about SSEP's effort to engage science with advocacy for public policy that takes a smart approach to Protection, protection of natural resources and balancing that with development and population growth. Now, uh, tell us what kinds of public policy, what, what, what's the range of public policy that you would seek to influence? Um,
1: yeah, I think that the, the, the most pressing, uh, at least for the community, is canopy protection. Um, and the canopy protection might be uh, divided into the tree ordinance revision, uh, invasive species, and protection of sensitive ecological areas. Uh, the, the other, and, and some people for tend to forget about this, and it, this really goes back to the, the roots of the organization, is, is the water quality and the flooding. uh, uh the, the, the city really is not set up to do this. I mean, it, it's, it, it, it was a traditional municipal uh, organization when it was set up, and it really hasn't changed.
0: Right. The, the stormwater and sewage um, policies are pretty much traditional, conventional. And actually, I, I, I know that uh, there was an occasion um, when you met with one major developer on a, on a large project where you were explaining to them the benefits of uh, using what are called silver c- sil- cells yes. uh, on-site uh, roadway um, uh, mechanisms or, or, or design uh, through uh, porous substrates that could actually take uh, surface uh, water and uh, uh Filtered into the ground. Uh, so tell us a little bit about that.
1: Silva cells are really interesting. Uh, they're basically um, a technique uh, for allowing trees in in in, in intensive urban areas uh, to grow naturally uh, instead of being boxed in. And we brought this up to uh, uh, Ashton Woods, the developer, the uh, of the. Glen property and to mill Creek uh, that uh, redeveloping the the old uh, shopping center where the, uh, the brickery used to be
0: and also um part of the uh, mercedes benz north American headquarters yes. uh, all, uh yeah, yeah, yeah we, we yeah. might add that you know yeah. that that uh and the significance of that is that it's a major developer that had. Shown some receptivity, I understand, to uh, the idea of coming up with uh, better drainage for the roadway systems.
1: Yeah. The, and and actually, all three of them adopted it. And the feedback we got was, hey, thanks for bringing this to our attention. Uh, it's not that expensive in terms of you know of a major developer. Uh, and it's something that they'll keep in their toolbox when they go on to do a uh, uh, development elsewhere.
0: And and you know it's a good example of SSEP working behind the scenes uh, it wasn't working directly with the city but rather more directly with the developer uh, by offering uh, a possible alternative drainage scenario that they were receptive to so it wasn't so much influencing the ordinance uh, or public policy directly, but but influencing an actual technique that was incorporated by a developer which we hope could become public policy. you know we'd like to see yeah. more of that.
1: Yeah it, it, people forget about the fact that a lot of environmentalism is regulatory. It's not uh, you're, you're talking about a tree ordinance, you're talking about uh, development standards and everything. Uh, you're even talking about the the width of roads, uh, and th- in that case, it doesn't really cost you anything because you're telling, you're using your regulatory power to to uh, specify what's good, uh, what balances out the the, the redevelopment, um, and and yeah, it, it, it's it's difficult go through what, what the city's gone through uh, in terms of land use and still have enough energy to to, to uh, do a detailed regulatory environment I think it's maybe something that they're going to have to catch their breath and then and do it another time
0: let's turn uh, back to science um, because it's a critical part of what sa <coughs> seems to want to focus on uh, so that you can influence smart public policy. You had mentioned briefly, uh, Jay, uh, some of the science uh, community that are involved. Tell us more about uh, some of the individuals who are working with you, and then we'll talk a little bit about the projects that those individuals, um, or, you know, you can do it uh, at the same time. Tell us uh, you mentioned Barrie College and the University of Georgia and, 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 and continue to tell us about who some of those key uh, scientists are.
2: Uh, first off, I'm very actively involved with uh, Dr. Chris uh, Mowry. Chris uh, currently is a PhD biologist who is the uh, chairman of the biology department at Barrie College. Uh, Chris is helping us currently with our wildlife identification project uh, which essentially takes Bushnell uh, high-powered cameras and we're putting these along Marsh Creek currently basically uh, west to east all the way over to the Chattahoochee to evaluate um, biodiversity. Initially our thoughts was to look at uh, large animals. And what's very interesting is we've come across smaller animals, uh, and for you know example, minks, uh, otters, raccoons, uh, and even down <laughs> to rats. Um, and what why this is important is it really is an indicator of the stream health. Okay, and if you recall, part of our mission is water quality. Um, So this has been a very interesting project. Uh, This evaluates uh, wildlife management 24 hours a day. And the images that we're getting with Chris are just phenomenal.
0: Now, one of the ways that you actually achieve this, because I know that uh, uh, the SSEP uh, turned to the city, and the city was somewhat reluctant, uh, uh, seemingly for legal reasons, um, liability, liability issues, but, um, private citizens have been receptive. Uh, you've been successful in engaging, uh, private citizens who are, uh, have allowed the cameras to be in most cases, it's their backyards that are, um, streamside. And so you've gone in and you personally, uh, Jay have, uh, done some hands-on mounting, if not all the mounting, uh, of the cameras. Um, uh, Talk for a moment about that. You've got to have some pretty uh, supportive citizens that allow you to go into the backyard and set up cameras.
2: Um, I think how that's worked is developing relationships, um, and we talked about science previously, and basically doing a little bit of education that's required and generating some enthusiasm with our neighborhoods. And what's really been positive with this is there's a really high degree of enthusiasm almost to the, to the point where we have a growing list of folks that's saying hey 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 get back to me I'm very very interested in this to the point where we're actually expanding this program and purchasing additional cameras
0: these cameras have capability you know have infrared capability and so and so we're seeing a lot of the uh, wildlife at nighttime and I, I would imagine that a lot of residents are just curious to, to know about what's in their backyards alongside the, the creek or stream that they don't see during the daytime, that's uh, there only at nighttime. Uh, I know um, you provided a, um, uh, a portion of a, a video that had uh, a mink. Um, you know, I had no idea that there were minks uh, in uh, Sandy Springs, but it showed a uh A cute little mink uh, at nighttime uh, out uh, foraging for food. Exactly. Um, Talk about Dr. Liz Kramer, Uh, Bill. I know that she was instrumental in one of the initial studies. You know, we were talking about how you can't just take a walk through the forest and really see the big picture. You actually have to rely on uh, geographic information information Uh, techniques to uh, engage aerial aerial photography for example to do an analysis of a uh, healthy or unhealthy a growing or shrinking uh, forest and Dr. Kramer uh, specializes in this area and so we're going to be taking a break actually but when we come back um, we'll have you talk about uh, the study that uh, Dr. Kramer helped uh, initiate and how moving forward Those kinds of uh, geographic information systems are going to help to get a handle on uh, preserving the tree canopy. We're here with Bill Cleveland and Jay Boylan of the Sandy Springs Environmental Project, and we'll be back right after this break.
3: This is Dr. George from Peachtree ENT Center. We've won patient care awards and have the highest patient recommendations because we believe in practicing medicine the old-fashioned way. Practicing good medicine is based in listening to the patient and making a care plan that is individual. The best medical care is given when there is a strong doctor-patient relationship built on mutual trust and respect. At Peachtree ENT Center, we believe in taking care of the whole patient because healing is more than writing a prescription. Whether you have problems hearing, have frequent throat or sinus infections, from the time you call our office and speak to a real person, you will be treated as an individual and not as an ailment. During your visit, you will not be rushed, and all your questions will be answered. When possible, natural treatments will be recommended to fix the problem. If surgery is recommended, cost-effective, minimally invasive treatment for snoring, sleep apnea, or sinus problems will be offered because Peachtree ENT Center is where patient care counts.
4: This is Lawyer Liz. Join me each week as we discuss drones, the Internet of Things, and all the technology in between. It's Buzz Off with Lawyer Liz, Wednesdays at 2. Whether cruising the strip in a 57 Chevy or taking the family on a vacation in a 71 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you need to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on AmericasWebRadio.com. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.
0: Welcome back to the Business Hour. I'm Ron Camacho, your host. And today I'm very pleased to have uh, Bill Cleveland and Jay Boylan with the Sandy Springs Environmental Project to talk about the mission of the SSEP and preserving natural resources and working with the city of Sandy Springs and other uh, critical partners to come up with a better balance between development, uh, population growth, and preservation of natural resources. We were talking uh, before the break about some of the uh, science community that's been engaged, and I, I asked Bill to tell us a little bit about Dr. Liz Kramer. but. Just before we get to that, I wanted to back up. And Jay, you mentioned um, Dr. Chris Mallory with Barry College uh, helping, uh, sort of being the pivotal influence behind the Wildlife Inventory Project, and it's students that are assisting him. I mean, you know, we, we have uh, hours and hours and hours of, of footage. Uh, there might be no activity uh, throughout most of the night, uh, and one of the cameras. Uh, uh, might not yield anything but uh, another camera or uh, uh, just a few minutes or seconds of of uh, some species uh, uh, along the creek uh, emerging. Uh, you know, for a portion of what has to be uh, reviewed, and he has students that are uh, assisting him uh, at Barry College. Um, is that also um, the precursor to engaging high school students, junior high school students, and elementary school students here in Sandy Springs with uh, the wildlife inventory project and maybe some other kind of water quality projects? I know that there are schools which actually border some of these creeks and streams. So is that going to be the case?
2: Yeah, a- absolutely. There are almost really the curriculum in all the Fulton County uh, Board of Education and quite honestly, we have a tremendous amount of surrounding and in-town private schools that in their environmental studies and biology programs have not had that much of a focus on wildlife identification, birding program, and water quality. So again, if you go back to our original mission Uh, One of our other key objectives is to utilize our scientific experts to help us develop curriculum that could be most effectively utilized in our educational presence within Sandy Springs. Uh,
0: And I know you have this one project, which we'll uh, talk about uh, in a moment, the Marsh Creek Greenway Project, that can incorporate uh, a whole range, including uh, education, a whole range of Uh, activities, Um, I can see elementary school students, uh, junior high school and high school students all involved in in water quality studies and wildlife inventory uh, projects, and I know that the Sandy Springs Education Force, uh, the SSEF under Irene Schweiger's um, uh, directorship, is An organization that you want to partner with, and they place a great deal of emphasis on science, technology, engineering, and math. And the last time I looked, um, biology was still a science. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so, uh, even though there's a tremendous emphasis on engineering and information systems these days, environmental biology has uh, an important place in the overall scope of our future orientation towards science. So, Tell me about how you might work with uh, the Sandy Springs Environmental Force.
2: Well, we've already kind of laid the foundation last year uh, with Irene's group. Um, I've actually been a participant in myself with the STEM program now for the past five years and have also done presentations. Uh, I'll give kudos to Bill's wife, who's one of the STEM coordinators here in town, and a neighbor. You know, you talk to a lot of the teachers in the elementary, uh, high school, and middle school, there's really not any emphasis on both biology as well as you can transfer this over to mathematical and statistical analysis of the data that you're gathering, as we spoke about earlier. So particularly, particularly the STEM coordinators, along with the administrators, from Fulton Fulton County BOE, are very, very excited, very enthusiastic of working with us, particularly on the wildlife identification, water quality, and our birding program, particularly focused around the marsh creek development.
0: You know, biology and ecosystems is something that some of these students, uh, when they're helping monitor the health of a stream, can actually do hands-on. probably most importantly it's an introduction in a really positive and pleasant setting uh to get students interested in science i mean some of these uh students that are first being introduced to environmental biology could go on to become physicians or whatever you know i mean it's just uh, science becoming a foundation and being a stepping stone to other areas of science and speaking of science uh We're going to go back to Dr. Liz Kramer's uh, uh, involvement with the SSEP and the city of Sandy Springs. Bill, tell us about how her uh, studies uh, are helping to to form policy. And also, um, this is one of those areas where students might not be able to to be involved uh, hands-on, but they'll be introduced. We can use any area of Science to share with students so that they can understand what geographic information, science, uh, and studies um, and how aerial photography plays a role in in maintaining a healthy uh, tree canopy. Talk about Dr. Liz Kramer's involvement.
1: Okay. Uh, Liz Kramer has been a generous mentor to the organization. Uh, When we first started, you know, I had some. Background and a little bit of background in statistics, but like you say, GIS is different. And and Liz was uh, kind enough to 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 say, "Well, Bill, that's not really right or not feasible or whatever." Um, And um, she, she, how Liz Kramer and Gabe Sterling and myself sat down and numerous coffee uh, times and said what do we really want to achieve and um, we decided that that we were going to f- first focus on water quality but a different way of looking at water quality and um, the traditional water quality uh, repro- approach is let's find a place and build a detention pond and, and in certain circumstances that's that's a good alternative but you only have so many good places to to, find, uh, to build a detention pond. And what Liz came up with, uh, and, Gabe and Gabe also, was an I- the idea that let's get out of the stream and let's go to the to the, to the source of the pollution. And that eventually became a, a, a study that was funded by the city. Uh, and And it really is cutting edge. I know everybody uses the term cutting edge, but this is um it it involves taking a, a model that the state and uh UGA had developed for analyzing large tracts of land like all of South Georgia mm-hmm. and shrinking it down to so that it can apply to to a uh relatively small land area like Sandy Springs uh now unfortunately uh the city was not Really set up to understand uh, and and utilize the the, uh, the data um, uh, as it was intended. Uh, so it still is out there. They still have the data but it's a it's it, that's one of the challenges is to educate them on how to use their own data
0: unfortunately dr. Liz Kramer is around and uh, is is one of the organization's uh, advisors uh, uh, to help educate yeah. Yeah. everyone including the city on, on how to utilize that 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 data you know it, you mentioned waterways um, Again, I'm reminded that what SSEP does that distinguishes it from other some of the other local environmental groups because, you know, the work of the Conservancy is very valuable in promoting green space, no doubt, and connectivity of green space. And, 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 and we hopefully will have some joint projects, and we'll be talking about one of them, the Marsh Creek Greenway Project. Um, but also there's a watershed group uh, that focuses um, uh, primarily on watershed. Uh, they they would like to uh, work uh, on the interrelationship between the watersheds and, and the forest. But definitely the SSEP, when looking at the forest, is looking at the relationship with the watershed to look at the the whole ecosystem. So yeah. that's why these geographic information systems can yield information not just about the tree canopy but about the health of some of the, the uh, s- streams and the creeks. Um, and so I assume that what you were describing was part of your Healthy um, uh, Streams Initiative and uh, dovetailing with the Healthy Force Initiative.
1: Yeah, it, it, it's a, it's a good point. It, it, we too often segment everything. Somebody does water quality. Somebody does canopy. Somebody does ecological protection. But we take a, we take them all and try to make sense of them. Um, and and once you do that, then you get you see synergies. For example, if you're if you're uh, uh, oriented toward invasive species removal well you're also helping the birds you're helping the habitats and it's not just really w- just one impact it's multiple impacts uh, and I, I think that, that's, that that helps people to understand the significance of the projects
0: another advisor that you have on your advisory board is Mario Cambardella. Uh, who is currently the uh, director of urban agriculture for the city of Atlanta, and he had a project uh, as a landscape architecture student uh, at the University of Georgia um, that was entitled the Marsh Creek Greenway Project. That is a project that uh, SSEP has uh, embraced uh, and that has multiple um, aspects from uh, healthy creek uh, to education. Tell us a little bit about that.
1: Okay. It's an interesting, interesting story. Mario grew up here in Sandy Springs, and he roamed Marsh Creek as a kid. Goes off to UGA, becomes a landscape architecture major, and finds himself in his senior year at UGA and in need of a, a, a senior thesis. So eventually he turns up as a an intern at the conservancy, and he and he writes his senior thesis on uh, a grand greenway between uh, Roswell Road and, and Glen Lake.
0: Right, two major well, one major thoroughfare and another roadway um, yeah. that uh, borders a tract of land that uh, we referred to earlier, and it's only important in that one thing we didn't mention. Uh, was that when SSEP was working with a developer, one of the recommendations was to preserve the creek that was a tributary yeah. or the uh, to the Marsh Creek. Uh, uh, and um, that, as far as we know, uh, is currently something they're doing. And so the Marsh Creek Greenway actually extends into uh, that project. Um the the development, the commercial development and residential development. Uh, We're going to take a break. When we come back, Bill, you can maybe summarize that project because I definitely want to talk about the Office of Environmental Sustainability being one of the things the uh, SSEP is advocating for. We're here with Jay Boylan and Bill Cleveland of the Sandy Springs Environmental Project. We'll be back in just a couple minutes.
3: Affordable health insurance was the promise of Obamacare, Thank you.
4: You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.
0: Welcome back to the Business Hour. We're here with Bill Cleveland and Jay Boylan of the Sandy Springs Environmental Project. And I I might uh, add at this point that if uh, listeners are, are interested, they can go to www.ssenvironmental.org. And, and learn more about what the Sandy Springs Environmental Project is doing. Let's let's, let's go back to the Marsh Creek project because I, I, I suspect that this project could become a hallmark project uh, of the SSEP. And, Bill, you were talking, you were characterizing uh, the, the creek itself, and then we want to talk about what, what the SSEP would like uh, to come to fruition with regard to Marsh Creek.
1: Yeah. Um, we're we're pushing uh, the idea of a, a Marsh Creek Greenway uh, between Glen Lake and Roswell Road, uh, but in particular, what we're adding to the original design is a nature. Uh, we're advocating for a nature trail uh, in the in the wetlands behind uh, the tennis court, and we think this will be an absolutely great educational. Uh, facility and it, it ties in what Jay said about uh, the uh, school board uh, being interested in this and and being uh, a facility that can illustrate everything from birds to wildlife to water quality uh, it, and that's that's really where we think we can take this
0: and as I understand it not only could there be a path you know a walking jogging uh, you know pedestrian path, uh maybe incorporating some uh, deckway that uh, goes over some of the wetlands part of it maybe not but uh it would uh, uh be a stretch that actually people would be able to use to go to work i mean there's uh there are some uh, offices uh, uh office uh, complexes and and residences at one end of the uh the trail and uh, the greenway, and also at the other end, so that it will provide some some connectivity, some some alternative transportation connectivity, and um, it um, could have a a little pavilion for uh, as a learning center. I, I understand that there's a possibility that you know it takes some funding, but maybe there would be a small uh, structure dedicated uh, as a as a learning center. You know yeah. uh, and. Let's turn now to the the, the the big picture of environmental sustainability and one of the efforts uh, that uh, the SSP EP has made to try to have the city of Sandy Springs uh, create either an Office of Environmental Sustainability or Director of Environmental Sustainability. Jay, want to talk a little bit sure. about that?
2: Sure. Um, One of the important things is we've uh, generated some enthusiasm from our councilmen. Uh, This has been initially thrust forward with uh, Gabe Sterling and uh, Andy Baumann and uh, also Chris Burnett. Uh, This has been pushed to have some agreement with our city manager uh, John McDonough. Uh, John has most recently appointed a uh, environmental by education environmental planning engineer uh, Kristen Byers to start research and implementing this program within this fiscal year. Um, Bill and I did a lot of research uh, through the next 10 process that is about to be adopted. Um, the next
0: 10 being a urban planning uh, project of the city.
2: Uh, that's correct. There are three or four particular points within the NEXT 10 that have an environmental focus. So part of our research has been to evaluate and look at other key cities that have highly outstanding programs.
0: And, and Jay, you also have a professional background. You are a, uh, a uh, human relations Human relations. Uh, on the primarily recruiting um, side of the formula. So you are uh, knowledgeable in the formation of job descriptions and helping companies fulfill uh, specific needs for skill sets. So you, you actually provided the city with a uh, an overview of what you thought that that office or that director's skill set should be.
2: Yeah, let me just uh, touch on what I was starting. We really evaluated some key cities that have, really outstanding sustainability offices. So, for example, Pittsburgh, Washington, D.C., Cleveland, Portland, and Austin, Texas. Uh, So what we did is kind of synthesize some of their capabilities and really boil this down to what we thought should be the initial focus for Sandy Springs. And then, as you pointed out, Ron, being a business development recruiter, uh, basically wrote a job description two page that we submitted to Andy Bauman and reviewed with Gabe and Chris uh, with their mutual agreement, and they submitted that to John McDonough and now are pursuing budget and, as, as a result, appointed Kristen to pursue that opportunity as the chief environmental officer.
0: And and by the way, for uh, listeners who aren't uh, local, because this program has a regional, national, and international reach, we've named a lot of names in our uh, local government and and, uh, uh, various other uh, entities uh, like the University of Georgia and Berry College. We've named some streets here in uh, our uh, world of Sandy Springs. But much of this applies to other communities as well. You know, what we're talking about, we're, we're exploring and creating a blueprint for creating uh, uh, to, to, to piggyback on, on what you just talked about for creating an office of sustainability. And whereas there are many communities that already have such an office, there are many more that do not, you know, and sustainability factors in environmental uh, aspects but also crosses over into finance and public policy and other sorts of uh, aspects uh, of the larger environment. Um, I, I want to turn, Bill, uh, to asking you uh, when you first became uh, involved in, or, or, or let's go back further to where you became uh, sort of interested in matters related to natural resources.
1: Uh, I think... I think. Uh the uh, experience with SSRI, you know, um, I came on the board. I went to the bathroom, and the next thing I knew, I was comp- chairing <laughs> a, a greenspace project, um, and that that help, helped helped uh, uh, that plus the involvement with the stormwater coalition. Uh, those are probably the two uh, things that. Uh, Got me really interested, in once you get into the details,
0: yeah, I might add that I know you're a, a former uh, project management uh, guy uh, in, in the area of uh, finance and technology with AT and T. So uh, I would imagine some of that skill set uh, has helped you um, with SS uh, EP.
1: Oh, definitely uh, the project management, just knowing the sequencing of what comes next. I mean, it sounds fundamental. But entertaining invaluable. all the possibilities yeah. and
0: trying to narrow it down to the doable uh, yeah. project. Uh, Jay, um, what about you? Um, when did you become, let's say, uh, passionate about uh, natural resources?
2: Uh, I started at a very young age. Uh, I, I got engaged uh, thanks to my dad um, in Cub Scouts. Uh, rose through Boy Scouts to be an Eagle Scout. So we had a very active troop that were involved in very similar projects in New Jersey and when I was in Boston, Massachusetts. Subsequently through college, I was a regional officer with uh, the Sierra Club and a regional officer with the Appalachian Trail Club and have maintained that interest uh, when I got transferred here to Atlanta in the
0: Sandy Springs area. You know, Jay, you seem like a big boy scout, which is a good thing. <laughs> uh, you know, the world could use more uh, grown-up uh, Eagle Scouts. Um, uh, how can people get involved with uh, SSEP? And I understand you're going to have a booth at the upcoming Sandy Springs Festival uh, so people probably could come by the booth, but how? How in general could people either contribute uh, money or other uh, resources to uh, SSEP?
1: I guess the first first way is to learn about the organization, and and uh, that would involve going to the web's website ssenvironmental.org. org, uh, and and like you say, the second way is, you know. Come visit us at the festival. We're going to have a presence there. We'll be able to explain everything, um, uh, what we're doing. Uh, if, if right now we're, we're, we've made a lot of progress with the wildlife identification project, and we love we love people to take a look at that and and see if they if they want to if that's something that they would like to support financially, um, uh, and just take a look and just talk to us.
0: I, I would also like to give a tip of the hat to your board of directors. I know you have a, a passionate group of uh, residents. Uh, in fact, it, everyone on that board is a, is a resident, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, uh, I, th- I think that uh, uh, from what I uh, gather, that uh, they're all passionately supportive of uh, the organization and uh, uh, wear a lot of different hats. Uh, many are, are professionals who are bringing some of those skill sets uh, to the project. Um, I uh, I want to thank you. We've gotten to the point where uh, we're we're finished. Uh, we'll have to have you back to talk about the progress of uh, the Sandy Springs Environmental Project. But I want to thank you both for taking the time to be on the Business Hour.
1: Thank, thank you. Thank you very much, Ron.
0: You've been listening to the Business Hour here at America's Web Radio. We're on from 10 to 11 eastern time in the u.s on fridays have a great weekend and we'll see you on the radio and the internet next week
4: listening to america's web radio on the americasbroadcastnetwork.com thank you for listening